Hello, and welcome to the Wellbeing Podcast. I hope that wherever you're listening from today, you can be refreshed and empowered to go and serve well. With these raw and authentic conversations with other Christian women in healthcare, we're going to talk about the struggles, the victories, and all the ways that the Lord moves in and through his servants in the healthcare field. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Wellbeing Podcast. So today is really fun. Um, I have somebody who's been on before, Alexis, but we answered a bunch of questions last time. So this time we just get a chat. Um, she's in a new job. I'm in a new job since last time we talked. Um, but we both used to be coworkers over in Dallas. Um, and then I moved to Colorado. Sorry. <laughs> Kind of, kind of, not really. <laughs> um, and she actually is going to be my maid of honor for my wedding, um, which is super fun. And we're about to go on a big girls trip. So we thought we might as well uh, record an episode and talk about all of our life changes and um, just everything that we're kind of learning. So Alexis, where are you working now? Because we used to work like acute care, med surge, um, at a pretty big hospital in downtown Dallas. Um, but now I work at Children's Hospital in Colorado Springs, so I work with kiddos. And I work in the PACU, so post-anesthesia care unit. Um, and then in our area, we get cross-trained to a bunch of different things. So I'm technically trained to do PACU, pre-op, post-op, and endo. So, mm. Yeah endo like um like gi procedures so like colonoscopies um food boluses egds wait you do the colonoscopies <coughs> you're good no i don't do them um we just assist with them oh, okay <laughs> i was like yeah. that'd be fun yeah no. <laughs> yeah but yeah that's so that's awesome. where i work what's yeah. like the craziest thing that you've seen <coughs> in the patio because, like, haven't you had some, like, gunshot wounds and stuff? I literally just had a man that got shot. Yeah. Yeah. So, we get, so, in the PACU, so we're on call overnight. Um, everybody has, like, a day during the week. And so, if you're on call, um, you're on call from 5 p.m. that day to 7 a.m. the next day mm. when the next PACU people get there. And so, if you, if you get called back in and they need a bed, whether it's like a surgical bed, just a regular floor bed, or if they need to go to the unit, like the ICU, mm -hmm. you have to hold them. So, that's been very different because yeah. technically I'm considered critical care there because we do hold the ICU patients. And oh, so, dang. yeah, we had this man um, that got shot four times. And so, I held him for, ooh, maybe like three-ish hours. And, yeah. Dang. It's a lot. Um, definitely different skills. I was kind of worried about moving there and losing skills, but if anything, I actually think that I've gained a lot of, like, my nursing judgment, which I know comes with time, too, but mm -hmm. with this job. And then um, just, yeah, like that critical care stuff because he had a tube everywhere. I mean, he had he was intubated, so we put him on the vent. Um, I had sedation running, so I had propofol. I ordered a fentanyl drip. He had a chest tube. He had four bullet wounds. Um, he had a Foley. Um, they actually shot him in the bladder. Oh. So it was just putting out, like, straight blood. Oh. Um, what else did he have? I mean, he just had an, he had an art line. He had a CVC in his femoral artery. I mean. Dang. Yeah. I mean, he just had it all. So. Yeah. It, it was a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, like, that is 
critical care. Like, yeah, that's no. so many more skills and like, oh, we would have a hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's that's just crazy. like things that like don't happen on the floor. Like, obviously, on the floor, you're not going to get somebody that's like intubated and sedated where you need to like yeah. titrate drips and stuff. Yeah. So it's always a little crazy because, I mean, he's a large man, and I just have propofol running. Well, you yeah. know, our our hospital anyway. I'm not really sure where it is every everywhere else, but you max out at 50 mics. Well. Mm. He's six foot three. That's Dang. not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so like every once in a while he would start like twitching and stuff. And so I was like, oh no, I was like, <laughs> I got to titrate this, this up. Yeah. And, okay. And so, so people who don't know what propofol is. Oh, right. So propofol is just like, it's a sedation. And so you get that a lot, like to start off surgeries, um, it goes mm. in your IV and it hits really fast and it leaves your body really fast. So say you're doing like an endoscopy procedure. You would just get propofol. I mean, as soon as it hits mm-hmm. your veins, you're falling asleep. And then as soon as they stop it from hitting your veins, you're waking up. And that way you don't have to have an airway. Yeah. Um, like full anesthesia. Yeah, full anesthesia. So it is a sedation thing. Um, but it, it usually is with something else, like mm-hmm. a Versed drip or like a fentanyl drip or something to like keep them sedated. Yeah. And keep them out of pain and stuff like that without having to like fully paralyze them. Yeah. Um, because eventually we obviously want people to get off of the vent. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, it, it's a lot. Yeah. It, I definitely think that I've learned a lot more. My critical thinking is amped mm-hmm. up way more just because it is a critical area. Things can go wrong like really quickly yeah. out of surgery and they do. Um, we've had to like bag kids. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's pretty critical Yeah. <laughs> or it can be, Yeah. Anyway. but so, I love it. So. <laughs> Does that keep things busy? Like, do you notice, so I'm, I'm thinking, like, with my job, I guess it depends on if it's day shift or night shift, because right now I rotate back and forth. I feel like I have a lot more time to, like, think and actually, like, sit in with the patients and the families and talk with them if I want to. Like, you sound like you're busier almost. Like, do you, you get that? time with the patient or is it really just like doing what you got to do and getting out so unless it's critical because I remember we talked about that like on our last podcast like yeah. we just felt like we didn't have enough time to ever like fully give our all to one patient because we had so many yeah um and it's definitely different down there in a good way um so like if something is super critical like that and crazy most of the time they're not awake anyway yeah. and family can't come back to the PACU because we have airways in mm-hmm. um so that aspect is a little different, but generally, like, overall, way more time to do all that stuff. I'm Good. actually able to, like, talk. I can actually – it's super nice right now with our construction that's going on. Um, we're all kind of crammed right now until they open up our other section that they're working mm-hmm. on. And so a lot of times, like yesterday, I get to see people from, like, start to finish. I admitted somebody. Mm. I was over there in the PACU helping when they came out to PACU, and then I took – I, like, wheeled them out of post-op. So you get to yeah. see that full rotation, which I really like because people yeah. remember you. Um, Absolutely. And just dealing with families. You know, families are always worried with surgery, and so mm-hmm. it's, it's nice to be able to be that person that's like, no news is good news, everything's yeah. going fine, or, like, if I have my eyes on them, like, they're in the PACU, I can see that they're doing well, their vitals mm-hmm. are stable. So that aspect is definitely way better. Yeah. Um, it does – it is critical. A lot of times things are, like, crazy. Um, but it's it comes in waves there. Mm. Um, either nobody's coming out of the OR or everybody's coming out at once. Yeah. But even still, like in the PACU, most people do not come out sedated and vented and stuff like that. But um, they come out 
and I'm a one-to-one. Yeah. So when they're waking up and stuff, I'm able it's to, like, have full conversation. Right, yeah, and, like, I can really manage everything they do. I have at my disposal things if they're hurting, if they're nauseous. Yeah. And it's pretty gratifying to see that pay off immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Because it does. I yeah. don't leave the bedside, so. Yeah, I think that's the hard part for me. Like, sometimes we get, like, our long-term kiddos or our special friends or just cases that they stay there for a long time. And that's kind of the hard part about – bedside nursing is like you can be in like so invested in a patient and their family and then the next day they're not there and you're like do they get discharged are they in the ICU like what happened to them like or worse you, yeah like you have no idea yeah. like this one family I got really close with we just like I, I was able to connect with them like spiritually like they were christians and i was able to like open up about my faith and pray with them and stuff like that and like that just connects you a lot more especially when they're like freaking out and they don't know what's going on like to have somebody care for them that like also cares for them spiritually and emotionally and physically and then the next day they weren't there and they got like transported to another hospital and i'm like wait what happened to them i want to know like you you get invested in them and so it's hard so it would be cool to be able to be there at the beginning of their surgery and then afterwards and be like yay like you made it yeah like see you on the flip side yeah everything's fine that that is really gratifying because I mean working the floor yeah you do have that a lot yeah um it's not so much that unless things go wrong a lot of our patients in fact most of our surgery schedule is like day surgery so they're outpatients that are scheduled to come in and leave after the surgery is gone yeah or done so unless it's those patients and something went wrong in the OR mm-hmm. and then they stay I get to I don't I don't get to like follow up if, if that's the case because yeah. you know HIPAA and charts and stuff yeah but um, generally most of them I get to see like beginning to end and um, you know a lot of people were gracious at in Dallas, don't get me wrong, but it's a different kind of gracious because yeah. as vulnerable as you are when you're, like, sick and on the floor, people are really scared for surgery, and, like, yeah. rightfully so. Like, yeah. there's just so much that goes on putting mm-hmm. your literal life in, like, multiple people's hands. Yeah. Um, so there is that same aspect of, like, gratification that I feel when I'm, like, everybody's going to, you know, I'm able to, like, ease their fears and stuff yeah without going into like a super long story about that but yeah no definitely have you (laughs) have people like said anything funny coming out oh yes yeah (laughs) and I hear the best pickup lines that's awesome it is yeah no and so (laughs) it's so weird because women mostly um I rarely ever have a man come out just squalling but women cry on anesthesia and it's fine really? oh it's totally fine That's like so I, I tell them when they wake up you know some people will wake up and they immediately cry and so I go in and I'm like hey like are you hurting or, or are you just emotional and almost probably 95% of the time they're like, I don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's good. Like that's the anesthesia. It's fine. You just you cry if you need though. to. And then you let me know if you start crying for something else, you know, yeah. like don't be in pain or anything. But like, if you're just emotional, that's normal. <laughs> and then like the younger boys, like, I don't even know an age range, probably. I don't know. I, I, in my mind, I, I stay back from like 35 and below. They wake up like banshees. I mean, like, they just almost will come up out of the bed. They wake up (laughs) insane. And, like, you just never know. I'm like, I'm not trying to get punched. So, like, I stand a little bit further from the bed, like, as soon as I get their airway out. Because I fully had, like, a younger man. I would say he was, like, 
gosh, I don't even know, like upper 20s. Yeah. And like, obviously, so when I say airway, like they have an airway during the procedure and then they either get an oral or a nasal, like just a short little trumpet that goes down just to keep their airway open while they're waking up. Yeah. But pretty much as soon as I see somebody like start moving, I'll say their name and say, do you want to spit that out? Because the oral one, one of the things about that for like ACLS reasons, Mm -hmm. it will gag you. I mean, Mm -hmm. it, it... it keeps your tongue out of the way, basically. It yeah. keeps that line open. The nasal one won't, but the nasal one hurts. So there's, like, yeah. benefits and stuff to both. Um, or cons, whatever. But, um, yeah, pretty much as soon as I see somebody start moving, I'm like, let's get that out. Because yeah. it's, it's going to choke you when you wake up. Yeah. And that's a horrible feeling. Because oh, they don't know. Imagine. They're sleeping with it and yeah. they have no idea. That's like the uh, waking up not knowing where you're yes, at. And then yeah. you're, like, being choked it's to like death. It's, so like, so scary. No. Like, can you, that's the scariest thing ever. So oh, I, re- I whipped yeah. those out really quickly. But I did. I had this younger man that was sleeping super peacefully. And, like, obviously – um, people's vital signs will change a little as they start moving around and like yeah. waking up. Not as much as kids, but they're subtle. And um, he absolutely sat, I mean, he was laying supine and sat a full like 90 degrees up in bed and spit that thing. And it's <laughs> curved. Let me tell you, it's curved. Like it's yeah. not straight. Spit that sucker across <laughs> and off the stretcher. Like it, it was so far. Like he projectiled oh it. Oh my god! But it, I mean, it's like little things like that. Like yeah. it's not they always come up swinging. Sometimes they do, but yeah. it's like they just wake up crazy. <laughs> like it's just I don't even know how to explain it. That's so hilarious. the different age it, groups I react differently to. Yeah, that keeps it interesting. I'm sure. Yeah, and and then just kids. You know, kids are they've had something done. Anesthesia makes you feel funny. They can't. Some of them can't talk and tell you why, and they don't understand. And so yeah, <clears throat> one of the first times that I was helping pack you a kid, um, they told me to stand at the very head of the bed. And I was like, well, what kind of use am I going to be up there? I was yeah. like, but okay. And I kid you not, that kid, as soon as she started waking up, she shot herself, like launched herself. She ended up hitting my stomach. Thank God I was there, but she would have just flown off the back of the bed. Like, they're so strong. <laughs> That's crazy. Kids are strong. I Dude. noticed that, too, even with, like, babies or something, like, when we're doing stuff. Like, I'm like, dang. Like, when you want to, you are strong. Yeah. Like, like why are you literally me? so strong that little? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. It is it's definitely different based on... And that's fun. You get to see, like, all the age ranges. Yeah. Do you think you'll stay in PACU, or do you see yourself wanting to move ever? <sighs> so, I feel like I'm finally at that spot, that sweet spot that I was, like, looking for, where I'm like, hey, like, I found something that I actually, like, genuinely enjoy. Like, I do not mind it, what I'm doing right now, versus, yeah. like, we were, like, crying. minding and <laughs> crying on the last one. <laughs> so, you know, that's just a med surge. That's just the way it is. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I think that I'll stay for a while. I don't know that I would, like, finish my career there. I still haven't decided, like, long-term, like, if I want to go back to school. Oh, um, yeah. I was, like, pretty heavily considering the ICU, but my sister works there, so it's, like, conflict oh. of interest stuff. So I'd have to move hospitals, which is totally something Yeah, Colorado do. Springs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I could do that. But I think I'll stay in PACU maybe for a, a little bit. Just because I feel like it really is, like, fine-tuning those critical care skills. Yeah. And so I think that if I did move somewhere, it may be, like, a progressive care, critical care or something. Yeah. For schooling purposes, mm-hmm. like, further down the line. And that's just helping with that. So. Yeah. Maybe. I don't. Yeah. I, I'm fine with it right now, which is, like, super Fair. nice to finally be content. You know Absolutely. what I mean? No, I feel that, like, too. Like, you know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I love. Like, I mean, right now, switching between between like day shift and night shifts like every eight weeks I'll do eight weeks day shift eight weeks yeah, night why shift are you doing that? 
Yeah, so <laughs> I'm working my way up. So I got hired on as straight night shift, and I just, I can't do that. I'm sorry. I'm too much of a social person. Yeah, you get more money, great, whatever. But also, I get kind of bored. Yeah. And, like, I don't do good bored. Yeah, you could read a book. Yeah, you could watch a movie. But, like, that's what I do on my days off. I don't yeah. know. I'm, like, I'm here. I want, like, my skills to be utilized yeah. and stuff. And so I liked day shift because, yes, it's busier, but nothing, like, compared to what we had. Yeah. So I, I could manage it, like, so much better. And your kids are awake. you got to have more of a relationship with them. i got to sleep on a normal schedule. But yeah. they don't have any straight day shift positions open. Oh. They had a rotating. So I was like, I'll take it, you know, because at least I get, every eight weeks I get day shift. Yeah. Um, and so my name's like on a list to go day shift. So hopefully I will. Yeah. And hopefully by the time the wedding comes, because I'm supposed to be on night shifts around the wedding and like bachelorette party and stuff. And so that's just going to be a little crazy, like yeah. moving in with Steven and being on night shift. And it's like our first night together in our house. And I'm like, I'm at work. Yeah. <laughs> See <laughs> you in the morning. He literally is like going to be gone for work the next morning. I know. It is a very opposing and I'm schedule. Like, oh, newlyweds. Yay. So I don't know. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But it's kind of fun because I understand like what night shift nurses have to do. Mm -hmm. And then I understand what day shift nurses have to go through. And so I think that's, like, a really cool perspective and getting to understand not just, like, oh, I'll leave that for night shift to right, do. They have yeah. nothing to do or whatever. But I'm, like, no, I know how busy it is in the beginning or I know – you know what I mean? So, yeah, to, like, prep up for the next day, like, the exactly. next morning. Yeah. So I, I like that perspective on it, and um, it is kind of fun to – I guess rotate, but it's not something I'd want to do long term. Just right, for my yeah. body. Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, it just kind of throws me off for sure. Yeah, but you and I are definitely day people. Yeah. Like, we're absolutely. the dayest people I've ever met. Oh, <laughs> like, I cannot. <laughs> like, let me talk to you all the time. Yeah, like, I know. Let me yeah. <laughs> socialize like, and whatever. We could both like talk up a wall. Like, I just yeah. can't even imagine, which, like you said, like your kiddos and stuff are awake. Yeah. But like, it's, it's pretty rough. In the PACU at night, it it because it, mm. it also gets boring. So yeah. that's like one reason that I like I've been doing a lot of admitting, like just with cross training and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I really like the pace of that. Um, but that's like the beauty, you know, pros and cons to everything, like you're saying. But that's like the beauty of being in an area where you are cross trained is that like throughout the week I get lots of variety. So like, oh, yeah. if you constantly do pre op. I mean, it's routine. I mean, this everybody needs the same stuff coming in. They may need a different size catheter, like whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, pretty much everybody gets ready to go to surgery the same way. Yeah. It's consents and stuff like that. And I don't mind that. The pace of that is really, really um, steady. In fact, sometimes you're like, wow, I haven't peed yet, you know. But, it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's not anything unusual for nursing and stuff in general. Yeah. But um, then, like, when you flip it. Like, I like that, but then every once in a while, like, the day surgery nurses will be like, oh, I just want a break. And I'm like, but you don't understand the other side of it because there's like too much of a break. Well, right, yeah. Like, like hills and valleys like we were talking about mm -hmm. um, earlier, like, it just, it comes in waves. So there will be, like, mm -hmm. this big, long break, and you're like, what am I, what am I going to do, yeah. you know? Yeah. Because, you know, every once in a while, like, throughout the week, I'm like, wow, this is nice. I get to just sit for a second. But I'm like you. I'm like, if I'm going to be here and I'm going to be, like, not tired, I need to be up and moving. Yeah. Like, I need to be doing something. So mm -hmm. even when we're in, like, a valley <clears throat> in the PACU, I'm moving around the unit. There's always, like, 
either like a bed to strip or like there's something to do. You mm-hmm. can make yourself busy, so that's kind of nice yeah. too. And your your eight hour shifts, ten hour shifts. Technically, I'm scheduled for four tens, but it's never like my schedule is very up in the air. Yeah. So because it, it just depends on the surgical schedule. So oh, yeah. eventually, I would love to do this in an outpatient surgery center, which that's what everybody who does surgery stuff wants to do. So that those are kind of hard to get into. Cross your fingers for me at some point, but. <laughs> Um, I would love to do it because the difference is, is like, so at an outpatient surgery center, people are going to come in and they have to be like relatively healthy. Like the doctors who sign off for their surgeries think that they're going to do fine without it because they don't have an ER or like a bed. So if something goes wrong, they have to get shipped to a hospital Yeah, and like they don't want that obviously. And so it's mostly like people that are like fairly healthy and like they're going to go home at the end of the day. And Mm -hmm. those shifts are way more scheduled than ours, but because we're in a hospital, so like through Throughout the day, if something emergent comes into the ER, if somebody up on the floor takes a turn for the worse, like we have to ship the whole surgical schedule to accommodate that. Yeah. So then after that, all of our outpatients still need to go because they mm-hmm. got bumped back. And so that's just why there's such like a variety in my time. So like yeah. honestly, I would say I average on like a normal week probably eight or nine hours a shift. Yeah. Um, but that's only because some days I'm up there for like 12 to 14 and then some days, like, on my call day, I'm up there overnight. Yeah. And then the next day after a call day, like, I'm going home early because I'm tired, you yeah. know? So it all averages out. Yeah. The variety is – it can be frustrating, though, yeah. in that aspect because it's, like, you can't ever really plan things yeah. after because it's, Which like, when's hard. after? I feel like we've – like, I like expectations Me and, too. like, plans. Because it just helps you get through the day or yeah. the work week. Especially, like, with friends. So I know, I'm like, okay, I have a plan. I'm going to see this person this time, this person this time. Yeah. And then it's like, or, like, right now, what I'm running into, and it's hard, because, like, Steven, Steven's my fiancé, everybody. Whoop, whoop. Um, <laughs> like, you know, obviously, Steven has a normal work schedule. And for me, yeah, okay, I work 12-hour shifts. That's consistent. But I could work Monday, Tuesday, Saturday, or right, Wednesday, yeah. Thursday. Like, there's no consistency the in the day. days because yeah. you have to hit a certain number of weekends and you have to, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. Um, and so that makes it hard for, like, our premarital counseling. We can't do every single Tuesday. Right. Or, like, I'm wanting to start a women's Bible study at his church, like, for young adults. And I'm like, I can't do every Sunday. Or, right. you know, so that just, like makes life hard like I like consistency and I like routines yes and you can't really have that as a nurse so yeah and and then like on the flip side of that like even not being in an outpatient surgery center right now like even being in the hospital where I'm at I do work the same days every week so every Tuesday like I know every Tuesday I'm gonna have off yeah and unless I'm without having to explain the whole job, unless I'm, like, saying to close in an area yeah. or on call in an mm-hmm. area at, of work, I'm going to get out, like, probably most of the time before, like, 5 or 6. Yeah. And that gives you Monday night to do something that I know I have all day Tuesday. Yeah. And so there is beauty in that. And yeah. then, like, I know I'm going to have the weekend off. So, like, I have mm-hmm. to work one weekend shift at, like, a 24-hour call shift. I think it lines up right now being every, like, five, four to six weeks. Oh, I don't that's know. that's nice, yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, but, like, generally, I know, like, when Friday rolls around, I'm, I'm going to have tomorrow off. Yeah. And so that that part of the consistency is, like, super nice. Yeah, Because sure. it is hard to find in nursing. Like, yeah. you're not going to find that in a hospital floor job. Yeah. Um, 
I know. And so that's why so many people go outpatient. Absolutely. And that's what I'm, like, thinking. Like, now it opens up a whole new world of, like, okay, I'm getting married. I don't have to work what I'm working. Like, there's so many possibilities. You know, like, he can provide. So if I want to go part-time, do I want to move to a clinic, like an outpatient right, clinic yeah. where I have a normal... Like an 8 to 4. Exactly. Yeah. And I get weekends and holidays off <clears throat> because, like... Realistically, we'll probably have kids within a year of when we're married, you know, like a year or two. And so, like, what does that, like, what does that look like? You know, it changes everything. Because it it is hard to be a mom and a bedside nurse, just the hours. I mean, it's helpful that Stephen works from home. So, yeah, he could watch the kid on a 12-hour shift. But daycares are, what, like, 8 to 4, 8 to 5 or something? And yes. you work 7 to 7. Or Yeah, you really need, like, so it's a, like a whole community. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I've told the the people I work with um, are pretty much all moms. I'm, like, the youngest by, like, several years yeah. there. <laughs> I think there's maybe one other girl that's not a mom. Yeah. Um, but, like, generally I'd say, like, the closest to me, like, they start – at like 30 and going on, which is not like crazy far, but it's yeah. like definitely different stage of life. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh yeah. And they all have kids and stuff. And even them, like where I'm at, not at be- like, not necessarily at bedside. I asked them, I'm like, I truly don't know how you do it. Like, yeah. I don't know how you're able to balance everything. And I get it. It's that mom power. At some point you just figure out a way because that's what you have to do. But I mean, I feel the same for bedside because I mean, those three days, I mean, daycare is not open from four in the morning until, no. you know, eight at night. Yeah, I and mean, I'm, like, dead when I come home. Yeah, I can't imagine having to provide for somebody. I yeah. barely provide for myself oh, when I get off shift. Yeah, I'm a wreck. Yeah, I feel so bad for Steven. It's so funny, like, realizing just, like, I don't know, like, what night shift does to me because um, I got off, like, one morning, you know, like, it's like 8 a.m. I got off. Um, and it's just like, it, it just hits you differently because I'll just like start crying because I'm like, I haven't eaten since 3 a.m. and I'm really <laughs> tired. You cry after yeah, literally. <laughs> and it's not because I hate my job. It's just because like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired and you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, so it's definitely different life doing like night shift versus day shift and oh, yeah. all the things. But I was going to ask you, okay, if you like dealing with, rough patients and families like if I have a patient that's like rude or you know what I mean like just difficult patients in general whatever that may be I'm like I have to deal with them for 12 hours like this sucks is that nice that is like arguably one of the best parts of this okay it is (laughs) a hundred percent no and it's like so evident from like day one because it's like there I no matter what area I'm in like we are not staffed enough for me to follow somebody from pre-op down to post and out. Yeah. I mean, I, like, get to see them, like, based on what area I'm working in at yeah. this time and stuff. But it's not like I follow them. So if, if I'm in pre-op and they're rude, guess what? When I get a set of vitals and get their IV in, bye. Yeah. <laughs> see you on the flip side, but not me. You yeah. know what I mean? And I hate saying it, like, no, I don't hate that, actually. I love it. <laughs> um, but it's, like, yeah, because you get that mental break, and it, like, keeps me from getting, like – not only frustrated with them, yeah, but like frustrated with the job, yeah, because it's like it is. You know, we had like long-term patients in Dallas, and it's like people would just dread getting them because it, yeah. it was just they were so demeaning and things like that. And yeah. like, yeah, you're gonna have that anywhere. It's not like I don't have that coming in, yeah. Um, but like you said, like I've 
I'm going to get rid of them. So no matter how bad they are, no matter how much they hurt in the pack year or whatever, mm-hmm. at some point I'm getting rid of them. Yeah. Like I'm not going to have them for, tw- yeah. I think the longest I've ever held anybody was for six hours and they were like a super pleasant patient. Oh, good. And so it's like, yeah. I get like that. And then also like on the, like adding to that, I'm living at home in East Texas. Like yeah. people are just nicer. Hmm. It's That's just, it, people have like that yeah. Southern hospitality yeah. and it's like very different than like working in Dallas in <clears> the city. Yeah, people were sure. born and raised with like manners. Otherwise you got the switch and all yeah. this crap. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like no. they were sure. <laughs> if, and generally speaking, obviously it's yeah. not true for everybody, but like generally people are like a whole lot nicer. Yeah. No, I believe it. And I understand I think, because living in the city sucks. So yeah. I understand why people I, are frustrated. I know. I get frustrated yeah. living in the city. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good – I feel like I'm learning a lot because, like, I would avoid mean people, obviously. It's not like I want to be around them or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then you're, like, forced to be around them for 12 hours. And here it's different. It's not necessarily the patients. It's more the families. Yeah. And, again, it's like you have to have a heart of, like, understanding and, like – okay, what is their perspective on this? Their child is sick and they can't do anything. And so, you know, sometimes they're going to be a little more defensive or, you know, whatever. Um, But I just have to remember, like, okay, look at it, the whole story. Like, 12 hours, I can, you know, be selfless and I can serve them and I can love them. Because, like, I mean, like, I had one patient and her mom, like, they were homeless, you know, and I didn't realize that. And everything else made sense. Oh, that's why they always want this. Or that's why they always want this. They don't get that. And so for 12 hours, I can show them love and I can show them compassion that they might not get because they are living on the streets or living in a shelter and who knows who they encounter. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, I can put up with this for 12 hours, you know? Yes. And you know, like on that note too, not necessarily like in a homeless way, but like I do feel like sometimes I can see both sides of things where I'm like, Okay, I don't care what hospital you're at. It's not the Hilton. Like, we're not, like, (laughs) you know, like, slaves, you know? I hate to say it that way, but, like, truly, like, that's Mm -hmm. what people sometimes, like, treat us. Like, I want six and a half sugars in my coffee and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, I have other people. I have other things, you know, just little things like that. But it is, it's always refreshing to, like, kind of twist your mindset and be like, listen, like, you have no idea. They're stressed out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not necessarily giving them an excuse to treat people badly or yeah. to be very, like, needy. But yeah. it, it makes it, like, where you can at least understand it Yeah. and realize it's uh, most of the time it's not coming from a place of, like, just, like, hatred. Like, yeah, they, they absolutely. just, you know. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, for sure. Okay, yeah. No, I get it. Um. Okay, so what is your prescription for well-being? It's okay if you need to think about it for a little bit. (laughs) But, like, we do, at the end of every episode, we do a prescription for well-being. So just, like, something that you do that kind of helps you either after a shift or just, like, helps, you know, healthcare workers in general just because it can be hard and exhausting. Find an outlet. (laughs) I go to the gym a lot, and that has, like, seriously, like, made a difference in, like, my mental health. Um, And just, like, obviously physical health, too. But, like, 
even mentally, like after a rough shift, I just want to go lift heavy stuff. Like, <laughs> and it just, it, you feel better after. Obviously, it re- releases like yeah. all of the hormones and stuff that make you feel good and stuff. Um, recently, I don't even think I told you this yet. I literally have been boxing. No, no, I'm dead serious. Stop. I actually, y'all, I actually thought I broke my pinky, but I didn't. Oh. But um, yeah, no, and it feels so good. Like to yeah. just go home if I'm like fresh. I was like super frustrated one, like a past day this week, and I just went home. I put on my boxing gloves and just wailed away, and I felt so much better after. That's awesome. So I think fine, and, and the outlet doesn't necessarily have to be like physical activity. Um, like if you have friends, you can rant to or something, but yeah. you got to get it out. Yeah. You pin it up, and then it just weighs on you. Oh, absolutely. So I definitely think finding a way to like release all of that, that way, even if you take it from work, leave it wherever your outlet is. Yeah. So don't bring it home. Yeah. Don't bring it home. You have to separate. And I still have trouble with that sometimes, like with really hard situations and Mm -hmm. stuff, but for sure, finding ways to like get that out of me and release everything has Mm -hmm. been monumental. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Maybe I'll try boxing. Dude, it's so good. It's so fun. I've always, yeah. wanted, so I've much. always wanted to like kickbox, you know? Like. That's kind of what, so um, it's the bag that I have, or that, it's really jacks, but anyway, um, it's uh, like super dense and stuff. So the yeah. first, I, first of all, y'all, I'm, I don't be throwing punches regularly. Like I'm, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. who, who am I hitting, you know? Yeah. And so um, like I had to like really like kind of figure out how to even like throw one like where I'm not going to hurt myself. Yeah. And then once I did, I mean, I was just wailing away at it. Like, it is, <laughs> it, you should try it at some point. It is so healthy for a good release. Yeah. Because like, it's not hurting anybody. Yeah. It's not hurting you. Yeah. It's great. I love that. Yeah. Box. That's my final answer. <laughs> that's Box your when you great. get home. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on this yeah, episode. It was fun me. to actually get to talk about our jobs and not just answer questions this time. Yeah. Although yeah. answering questions, that was pretty fun. It, it, yeah, because we had good questions. We but had like, good questions. It's always nice to just kind of like start and see where the conversation leads. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast. To make sure you don't miss another episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a great review.